Listening Dog Media. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the Hot Mess Mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our Hot Mess Mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. It is the Hot Mess Mums Club podcast. I'm Kelly Pegg. Oh, it's me. It's Jenny Powell. But more importantly, it's Jess. <laughs> I like that Ooh. intro. Oh, like yes, I love you to death. I have to say, my other half is really critical. Like, he's not like in showbiz at all, and he's always like, "Well, you know, what do they know? Oh God, really? Why them?" And he went, "I like her." Thank God. Yeah, and that's Martin's what Martin's approval. Martin's approval. Jess Cunningham. Thanks, Big M. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> well, you're right. You're right. I don't, you're right. I don't know if this is the right time to tell you this. <laughs> it's our final episode of the series. And to celebrate, we've got a giveaway with Swan. So make sure you keep listening to find out how to win. First, though, I want to tell you about the Swan Turbo Power Upright Vacuum Cleaner. This ultra lightweight vacuum is easy to manoeuvre and the two metre long hose is great for reaching those places you usually can't get to. You know, like the back of the sofa or behind the cooker. Visit their website now to find out more about this and more of their brilliant products and keep listening to find out how you can win with Swan today. The Hot Mess Mums, Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. I feel like we've already recorded a podcast or half of one. We've talked about loads of stuff before we've even started this. We got here 45 minutes ago. I don't know where to start, really, because we've already started. Um, <laughs> There's so much to talk about with you because yeah. there's just loads. But is that yes, there is really. But you're co- you're doing a lot of coaching at the moment. Yeah. That's really taking off for you, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I love talk- it. Talking about that with us. So, what does that entail, and why is it something you've chosen to do? Do you know what's really strange, actually? So, when I met Jenny for the first time at Females in was it Females in Power? Females yeah, in Females power. in Power. I was well, there. It was females in the Hilton in a weird <laughs> yeah. room. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but at that time I just had a burnout I was going through burnout and Leisha was like oh what am I doing with my life what's going on and then at that point I was like yeah I think I could be a coach and I literally yeah. felt like I, I literally felt like I'd found my soul's corner calling so then I started um, like I did all my I can't think what I'm bloody saying now. What am I saying? It's all right. You, you did lots <laughs> of memory exercises yeah. for your coaching. <laughs> just because for kids. Yeah, so yeah. after that event, I then looked into doing different things. Um, so I... What's the word I'm looking for? No, I don't know. I became a practitioner. <laughs> oh, a practitioner, <laughs> yeah. Um, in different mindset techniques. And then because my background is business, and then I just started pitching myself out, and I absolutely love it. I love it. So what, what do you mean you just you just did it? You just went on a prat- practitioner's course? So or what? not for... Um, yeah, that didn't really make sense. No, you went. And so I thought I'd become a practitioner. So I did it. And I was like, what? <laughs> what did you do? Um, <laughs> so basically, I just wing life. <laughs> well, that's no, why I'm you're saying. on this podcast, because that's all we do most of the time. Okay, I feel at home. Um, so I was going back to it. I trained as a practitioner in a technique called EFT, which is emotional freedom tapping, um, matrix reimprinting, where you are, where you can literally go in to somebody's past experiences and you can finish off what's happened in that moment, which is flipping life-changing. Wow. And then NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. I've heard of that before. Yeah. Again, life-changing. Um, and then I've always done Reiki.
Okay. So I had the business side to be able to help people because my background is um, fashion, marketing, mm. PR, sales, brand. Um, but then I know if you want something to be a success, you have to have that mindset and that grit. Um, but doing the courses and becoming a practitioner in those four things have completely and utterly changed my life. And every single client I work with, the mindset just completely shifts. And I think you two might be able to well resonate with this. Mm. Most women that I work with, and actually quite a few men, they all have the belief that they're not good enough, they don't deserve yeah. success. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really sad to watch, actually, because all I see are these incredible people. Mm. But then as soon as you work on the mindset, you figure out where that limiting belief has come from and you rewrite that moment and create a new experience which lifts the belief. It's fascinating. Wow. And is it kind of like overnight for people it's in general? Like, yeah, not even overnight. So a session can last anywhere from 15 minutes up to an hour to resolve an issue. Um, so say, for example, do you know if you're feeling quite anxious about anything? Yeah, so if you feel that anxiety in your stomach, I might say to you, okay, so if there was an emotion attached onto that anxiety, what would it be? It might be fear, worry, panic. And then you work back from that emotion and it always brings up a series of memories and experiences which you've had before. You can rewrite them and then it gets rid of the anxiety. It's fascinating, I love it. Wow, I wish you could see her face. I I I wish you could see it. I love it though. You are a larger than life character oh, though. In which fact, is, you, yeah, which what, is Jim about? Carrey. You well, always said on it. Yeah, that quote. That, yeah. <laughs> Jim Carrey, a female Jim Carrey. <laughs> but that's brilliant because I think yeah. the lovely thing about that is it puts everyone at ease around you as well. Yeah. You know, because you're so bubbly and oh, thank easy you. to speak to. for yourself. She wears me out. Take <laughs> yeah. <Yeah>. the energy. <laughs> I like it yeah. because it's high level and it's fun and I can't stand miseries. No, I can't stand miseries. You know, when people are just so bloody solemn they take themselves so seriously Seriously, I can't be doing with it so (laughs) I like it and what I love is like for you two especially because you've got younger children you've still got this boundless energy you've got the capacity still to get excited about a project that you uh, you know and build a business and you've got four children under the age what is it under the age of I always do under the age of if there's a lot under the age of eight (laughs) (laughs) see how that works it's good isn't it yeah but no other um, to be fair I think when I didn't know what I wanted to do and I was doing something just for monetary value, that's when it drained me because you make the money but then you still feel unfulfilled and then you're constantly chasing, constantly chasing. Whereas when you do something which you genuinely love and that excites you, you never stop learning and then the money comes. Yeah, I love it. So true that yeah. is because people always think, I've worked with people like this where they, they want a certain amount of money um, and they think they, they're entitled mm-hmm. to that and they... Uh, you know, it's all about that. But they hate what they're doing. Yeah. And you think it's such a shame. And I've done jobs where I've been very well paid and I've done jobs where I haven't. Mm-hmm. And hands down, the jobs where I'm not, I've always been happier. Passion I look back projects. and have better memories mm-hmm. than than those ones where, you know, I was well paid, but actually mm. I didn't enjoy it and wouldn't choose to go back to it. Yeah. So I think there's a big truth in that. And um, have, and having the faith that, you know, doing your passion and what you love, we'll the money will out. come, it yeah, will work out, it. but it's it's thing. it's having that confidence to believe in that, I think. It is, do you know what? So that took me quite a while to go from believing to full-on knowing. Um, and also just going back to the passion thing, I remember people used to tell me all the time, if you do your passion, you'll never <laughs> work a day in your life and thinking, bloody passionate about all sorts what do you mean whereas my advice to people who don't know what their passion is follow what you're curious about because your curiosity will always lead you to your passion Mm. I like that line that's That's so profound yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
No well, pressure. No. <laughs> uh, we've got to talk about The Apprentice, obviously. Yeah. That's where you kind of came to light with everybody and you've been in Big Brother as well. Uh, did you enjoy your time doing that? I loved The Apprentice. Um, it was so, well, I say I loved it. Um, I think it traumatised me at a few points, but luckily, using the techniques that I've now learnt, I've been able to remove the trauma. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, whereas Big Brother, oh my God, I hated it. I was um, going to say, that was, you know, which is more traumatic it has to be. Yeah. yeah. I think it's because in Big Brother, it, it's like, I love using my brain and I love learning. I love um, getting to know people. Yeah. Whereas in The Apprentice, you get to do that. Yeah. Whereas You're busy all the time on The Apprentice. You haven't really yeah. got time to. To, to let it, yeah, get yeah. to you. What but was... the big brother, oh, just sitting there, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. But but coming out of those those yeah. two shows, you know, you are, you know, you, you've managed to sustain sort of your popularity, and oh, you. you're 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 constantly reinventing, aren't you? You're always. Yeah. It's not like I think. Well, Jess does this because I'm like, I wonder what Jess is doing now. <laughs> Yeah, I get the feeling. No, do you know what I think it is? I think when I first came out of Big Brother and The Apprentice, there was stuff that had happened before going into those two processes. So yeah. when I went into them, I felt like I wanted to win them and be them and be in the public eye because I needed that validation. I needed to feel good enough. Whereas when we had a massive trauma within the family, I literally got shot back down to reality. And I was like, what the hell have I been doing? And then this is really when I went on all like the self-discovery and, mm. and everything like this. And now it's just a different feeling. Like I've validated myself. So the fear and the exterior work, it's just not the same as it was. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it makes yeah, it, yeah your whole attitude is completely changed. Yeah. And uh, do you think because of what happened in the family um, yeah. with Alistair, do you think you, you'd still be doing what you're doing now? Or do you think that has contributed oh. to what, what's happening now? Um, so No, definitely contributes to what, yeah. So I think if, um, I think if he wouldn't have passed away... I definitely know I would have gone away with the fairies. And I think because I was spending more time in London and in my mind, I was like, oh, no, I'm doing it. Like, I'm doing it for the kids. But really, I was being selfish. I was just chasing this dream. And it took for him to pass away to actually think, what on earth are you doing? Um, and actually, that was like the saddest thing that could have happened to my family. But it made me realise that, Jess, you need to up your game. But prior to that, because I've had something traumatic happen when I was younger, um, yeah. I hadn't dealt with that. So now that I've processed it and dealt with it, I'm like, oh my God, I'm validated. I love myself. I'm freaking fabulous now. Yeah. Whereas before I was like, somebody love me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is understandable though. Yeah. That that you feel like that. Because I, I mean, I read a lot of stuff about yeah. things that happen to you when you're younger have a massive effect on you when you're older. Yeah. And I think it takes a certain age or something to happen for you to understand that. I think having kids opens a lot of doors in, in that way as well. Yeah, but massively. there's definitely that need for love and when when things have happened that have been traumatic yeah it's like the same thing when you chase the the wrong men isn't it you know there's a reason yeah. for that i was talking to someone yesterday who's really worried about her daughter and she said she's just she needs locking up she said she just goes for all the bad men she's desperate to fix them and change them and i thought bloody hell that was me in my 20s so you know you it's bizarre so what happens when you every um every trauma mild or big before the age of six, that is when all our core beliefs are formed. And what happens, every experience after a certain experience adds more emotion and more beliefs on. So if you have someone, for example, who's chasing the wrong men, it might be because someone in their family, like, for example, a dad, um, prior to that, they were constantly searching, trying to fix that person. So then we go for these people mm -hmm. who don't serve us. And actually... We can stop that pattern by using these techniques, which I've learned, because you then understand 
why are you doing these actions? It's like, do you know when you break up with somebody mm. and then you're heartbroken and you're trying to get over them and the only way you get over them is when you have those epiphany moments like, oh, I get it. So this is what this is. With EFT and Matrix, it takes you back to your childhood where you felt these emotional responses to, like anxiety, panic, worry, um, or fear, whatever it is. And it allows you to see it from the perspective now as an adult rather than a five, six, seven, eight, fifteen year old child. It's fascinating. I love it. I know I keep saying that, but I love it. <laughs> I love one of your posts about your husband, and it's how I feel yeah. about mine, that you put about how he was the guy that put out the flames. And the, and I feel very much about that, yeah. about my husband, that he really understands me yeah. and is actually is, is so good for me and it's been so good for me. And I, saw, I read that post and I thought, that is how I feel about Chris, you know, that you have that one person that will really understand everything yeah. and loves you for who you are but actually helps you handle it all better when you've been through stuff and I think yeah. that's really important as well isn't it especially when you've got kids yeah. and you want to build a family that you do you do settle with the right guy or the right I think as well I think with I think if you're used to being treated a certain way in other relationships when you get someone who's just lovely I know that I mean bearing in mind like I'd done a lot of work on myself before meeting Alex but even then because I didn't with Chris poor yeah. Chris <laughs> he's done a lot of work on me yeah, yeah to be fair actually okay I'm lying um, no, but when I first met Alex, he he's just so lovely and he gave me all this love. But then if we're not used to having it, it makes us feel uncomfortable yeah. because we're not used to having it. So what we do naturally then, we push people away. Yeah. Oh, this feels comfortable. I need to get yeah. back in my comfort zone. Yeah. But he didn't go and he was like, well, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. I find that with Martin as well yeah. because I'm very sort of since getting divorced and having... Yeah. You know, a bit of a traumatic divorce and then having the two kids, I just I just grabbed hold of them, clung yeah. onto them and thought, I'm not letting anybody in. Mm. And I'm still a bit like that. And, it, you know, it takes some guy to have the strength and yeah. the patience to, to still with, stand yeah. by because, you know, it, it, it can get to be quite an issue, a huge issue You're because I just independent shut down. You're well, yeah. aren't you? Very yeah. independent. Yeah. And also the nature of what I do, yeah. and we all do, is we have to edit all the time. Yeah. And that's what he said. You're so edited. <laughs> You're I not on stage. Five minutes, but definitely not edited. <laughs> but you know, in general, when I'm not feeling totally comfortable with people like you, but um, and it, and it, it's uh, it's amazing that you know you find that angel, don't you? Yeah. You know, but you have to believe, you know, that or, or be open mm. to the fact that that person may come along. And I think as well, one thing I realised: the more you work on yourself, and the more like women, especially women, have this awful habit of talking to themselves like like absolute <laughs> crap. I'm bloody rubbish. I'm awful. Yeah, and when anyone says you look nice, oh. I do this all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just, a, I've had it for 10 years or yeah. I don't like it. If there's someone says your hair's, which, yeah, no, I don't like it. And you think, oh, oh my God, God, just take the compliment. Yeah. Say thanks very much. But do you know what happens then? So when we talk continuously to ourselves like that, it gives us low self-esteem. We don't feel worthy. We don't feel good enough. But as soon as we start talking to ourselves with love, attention, like we have a child within us, like the inner child, as you call it, you start growing more self-respect. You start growing self-love and then you standards become higher so you no longer put up with people who treat you like rubbish you no longer put up with crap mm. it's fascinating mm. it is and yet so mm. simple like when yeah. you say it I know sometimes if I say things Chris will say would you talk to someone else like that and I'll say yeah. god no and he's like yeah. well then why do you think you can say that about yourself he sounds amazing oh no not always yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've just done I, it <laughs> I don't want to be one of these smug people because I moan no. about him don't I Jen he's got his faults you know yeah. pants on the floor and all that but he's a, yeah he's a, fundamentally a really 
a good human being, yeah. you know, and, and definitely the love of my life yeah. in, in that way. But he's very... He's done a lot of life coaching and stuff with people through yes. business in the past, yeah. you know, because he used to have a really bad temper at work. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there now, Chris. Tolerate people, you know. So he did... He met this... He used to go to this guy who was incredible and he used to teach yeah. him about all that stuff. And then he used to teach me about it, you know, and that's where he's kind of picked it up from. So he's very perceptive over that. When I'm saying, oh God, you know, I'm so fat and I'm this and I'm that. She's not. You just come in and say, you know, you wouldn't say that to someone else. Don't say it to you. And the lovely thing is, you know, you can, I hope, I'm sure you do, you apply it to your your kids as well because they, God, do they need it in this day and age? Oh, 100%. I think the greatest thing we can do for our children is literally teach them how to talk kindly to themselves and how to love who they are especially mm. with social media and this falsity that we mm. live in. And this, I was saying, what did I say? I think I said it the day on, maybe on my, my Instagram. But the issue with like Instagram and influencers, Instagram wants authenticity. But I can guarantee people who are an influencer, they think about the algorithm, they're thinking about how they can get more engagement yeah. and they can't be that authentic. Being authentic is literally seeing something on the cuff of the moment, taking a picture, uploading it. But the issue with that is it doesn't get the lights, it doesn't get the, like, the um, engagement. People feel like rubbish afterwards, yeah. don't they? They're like, why have I not got... This I've... life, yeah. yeah. When actually everything is perfectly curated. So Instagram, you're actually a big contradiction. (laughs) It's a shame, though, that, isn't it? Because you can meet some really amazing people on there. And for the podcast often, you know, it's a way of connecting with people. Um, And some of the guests that have come on and stuff, it's been through Instagram, which has been wonderful. And I always think that. But then there's a really sad side to it that's grown I feel with the with yeah. the influence. Yeah, and we've just got to put it in perspective for the for the kids. Really, I yeah. think that's where you know because we're we're working with it all day as mums uh, through work, etc. Yeah. Mm. And I think the experience that we have, you know, we've got to just make sure that we learn from it and we pass it down to the kids. Mm. You know, and it's the little things like uh, I'm constantly saying. No, you, you're lovely, you're gorgeous. Yeah. Just take the, you know, just take the compliment and say, yeah, actually, thanks. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then I feel like I'm saying it to them, but actually I'm saying it to myself well, as yeah. well. Yeah. It's the reflection. Yeah, <laughs> it's Like we see in others what we can't necessarily see in ourselves. Okay, that was another good line. Did we get that on there? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so wild coming on. <laughs> yeah, me too, Jenny. Hey. Our hot mess mums telling it like it is. Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. More from our chat with Jess coming up soon, but now I want to tell you about this week's competition with Swan. We're giving two of our listeners the chance to win a Swan Dirtmaster carpet washer worth £99. The Swan Carpet Washer makes cleaning carpets a whole lot easier. Large capacity tanks for clean and dirty water ensures extra cleaning for longer without the need to empty and refill. While it sucks up spills and removes stains, vibrating brush technology and side brushes lift dirt effectively for a deeper clean. To win, simply head to hotmessmumsclub.com forward slash win and answer the question. Plus, if you follow the Hot Mess Mums on Instagram, you'll gain an extra entry into the competition. Entries close at 23.59 on Thursday the 27th of August 2020. Any entries submitted after this time will not be entered into the draw. Good luck. Kelly Pegg, Jenny Powell, Hot Mess Mums. Uh, let's tri- tr- talk about uh, let's drink no yeah. let's not yeah. let's talk about drink because we're having yeah. this chat in the kitchen before we came to the yeah. studio it was handing out the juices that did uh, it yeah. yeah so you uh, and this is brilliant uh, yeah. you basically have gone booze free completely booze free yeah I love 18 it 18 weeks about yeah 18 weeks 
I love it. I feel, honestly, as you can probably tell, I love it. I love this. I love that. I'm passionate. Yeah. Woo, woo. But you didn't drink um, loads. Did you drink loads before? Oh, I mean, I it's all have... relative, innit? I don't know. What were you? Well, you just... I was having like two, three bottles of Prosecco a week. Or if I, I couldn't just have one glass. Okay. So if I opened a bottle of Prosecco, I was like, oh, it's fizzy, isn't it? So it won't last for tomorrow. I'll just have it. I'll have another one. Oh, what do you know? It's nearly gone and I'll stuff it. Um, That's but... me. Right. <laughs> what are you doing then? Like, back, you yeah. wake up. Are you supposed to put a teaspoon in the bottle and it keeps the bubbles? Or is that just a myth? Yeah, Jenny, but sometimes it just tastes good, okay? <laughs> um, but yeah and I just decided I felt like I was starting to drink more than I would like to and every time I was like oh, I'm going to stop drinking now I couldn't do it and then I listened to this um, book an audio book by I think she's called Annie Grace it's called This Naked Mind I'm so getting that yeah, it's right. brilliant yeah. okay, so and she's got such a sexy voice hey guys you are right this is why and honestly since listening to that I just I don't want to drink even when I felt tempted and pulled back to it I'm like oh, no I'm not going to do it no it's not worth it Okay, but it's so. Yeah. so what are you? I'm not well. How are you replacing the feeling that it might have given you? So this is one thing that I've come to realise. When I tried to give up alcohol for a week, I'd always feel that pull back when I had a stressful day with the kids. I was like, oh, she's a glass of wine. Just blah, blah. I'd have the glass of wine, and then obviously you feel better, like most people do. But then I realised when I give up drinking, you still have that feeling, but then you get over it anyway. So it's not actually the alcohol. It's not actually, no. You're going to get over it, and if you <laughs> yeah. give yourself a chance, guys, you'll get over that feeling anyway. Yeah, but right. when, once Simple. they go to bed and they're yeah. out of the way. <laughs> but again, I think it's. We, as a culture, associate drink to relaxation, celebration. Yeah. So why wouldn't we think that it is actually the alcohol that relaxes us and it's not actually us that relaxes us? Because we've been conditioned to think that. And uh, I love the fact that you say about how much better you feel as well, yeah. because that's the thing with it, isn't it? It is actually really quite bad for you. Well, the same, <laughs> you know, the same ethanol, which is in wine, is the same ethanol that's in petrol. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. don't you take your nail varnish off with that as well? Yeah. I don't know. Well, sometimes <laughs> on the bo- back of the bottle, though, it says a load of things, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think, what is that, that and that? And they always say, don't they, like personal trainers always say and food people that I know, never buy anything that you don't know what what's in it. Yeah. So we know when we do we're having a naughty treat, don't we? Yeah. When we think there's 10 ingredients there and I, I couldn't even say them, let alone spell them. <laughs> but alcohol's the same. Yeah, yeah, that's why I brew my own in the garage. <laughs> Did you? Come and roll. No. Oh, lie, Jenny. <laughs> Keep it the pretend. I just, Jenny, Jenny <laughs> and I both the neighbours. You know that Jenny Pearl, don't you? You know she's brewing her own in the shed at the back. We both have a love for port, don't we? Which is I love a bad. bit of port. Yeah. 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 But that's just port. Yeah, you see. But I see past tense. Yeah. She's past tense. Yeah. Yeah. But this is great, though, because it isn't easy to do. And it is a female mum thing, I think. Mm. This soul, you know, a glass at night, two yeah. glasses at night. I deserve that. The kids have been wicked, you know. Mm. It's so easy to fall into that trap. Yeah. And it does depend on genetics as well. Mm. Everybody has different... Um, Genes and addiction runs through a family. I do believe that. Mm. And I think you can have addictive personalities where things like that become habit. So do you think you you are? are I definitely think I am. Yeah, and I refuse to um, believe it. When my my mum died when I was 19, and I remember my Mm. brother who was was going to be a doctor, and he was so... um, you know, it's genetic and um, and all of this, he would say, and I just didn't want to hear it. But I think I've become more aware of it since having the kids. Yeah. And obviously health and everything else and, mm. and all of that. And I feel that, yeah, I definitely do have that personality. Do you know definitely. what? If we did an EFT session, <laughs> plug it there. Um, no, but if we actually did do an EFT session. Well, an EFT, EFT session. session with Jess Cunningham, yeah? Oh, I think we should. I think we should do it live yeah, if yeah. you're up for oh, it. yeah. yeah. 
But honestly, if we work back and if you'd be comfortable saying what memories came up, when we work on them, it would get rid of those feelings of feeling pulled to it. It's bizarre because what happens, again, pre-six, we form beliefs and we form, and beliefs are real. Beliefs can change the way our brains think, the way that our brains are wired up. Um, And if you get back to where that belief started, you imprint a new belief, which gets rid of um, the issue. Honestly, it's it's unbelievable. and, And I think so many people could probably recognise all of yeah. that, really. You just mm. It's about starting to understand it, isn't yeah. it, I guess, and being mindful of things. I mean, I know, like, sometimes when I, I like to train and stuff, and sometimes I've taken that to the extreme with, like, food programmes and yeah. things where I've gone, no, I, d- I can't do it anymore. I, I feel everything in moderation and balance now, and I'm starting to carve that out in my life mm. because I think you can just, if you've got it in you, you can become a bit attached to anything. anything. That drive is not always a positive thing. It no, can be a negative um, so it's about a friend of mine who's a PT has really worked with me in the last year all about balance. You know, don't beat yourself up if you have the chocolate bar. Yeah. Don't worry if you don't train. Mm. Everything's all in moderation and that's how you've got to try and balance it. Yeah. But I do sometimes feel with alcohol that it is the demon and I don't... Well, it's actually addictive. Yeah, and I'm very aware of it and often... I suppose Chris doesn't really drink, so at home, if we have a glass of wine, I'll have it. He won't. Afterwards, sometimes I will feel really guilty. Will you? Yeah, yeah and I feel right. really bad, and I think, bloody hell, you know, did I did I need to have that glass? It bo- It's starting to bother me, to the point where Chris mm. and I talk all the time about becoming... Uh, sober yeah constantly and then he books a holiday in Ibiza <laughs> and I'm thinking the red wine over there is so cheap it's yeah. really nice what do we do yeah. you know and I start to sort of and I'm not quite there yet but we talk about it all book. the time I will mm. I'm Honestly, gonna it's, so my friend I recommended the, she was quite similar to me and I recommended the book to her and she's the same I think she's like 13 weeks without any alcohol right. wow yeah God. it's honestly it's it just gives you a completely different perspective and it goes into um, the marketing how everything's marketing to us it goes into the science of it it goes into what it's for it's fascinating it's such an easy listen and it will literally completely change the way you view things Wow. Oh, I'm Although, say that I exchanged um, alcohol for Innocence coconut milk and I've put about a stone on. Oh! <laughs> like, I thought I was going to lose some weight. <laughs> Not become the actual coconut. <laughs> I love it. Uh, crazy. Oh, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you you, you are, um, I mean, how old are you now, Jess? Oh, I'm going to say that. Tuesday. Is that all? Yeah. Well, do you know wow, what I'm doing? you look good, though. Yeah, you Thanks, don't Annie. Look, you do well, look do you good. Know what? Again, I know I'll keep going about the tapping, but when I, when I did my training, I tapped for five days. I released so much trauma. I look 10 years younger. Yeah. People are like, how old are you? I was going to say, yeah. so the, the process, you know, it can physically you change younger. it. We're talking about sort of mentally. Uh, yeah. Because uh, you hold your stress in, but, don't but you? But physically, do you see a change in people? You know, oh. in their looks and their, their so skin had, and their eyes. And I had one client, and this is when I realised how sort of, how big trauma can affect us on a physical level. So one of my clients, Lisa... When I met her, um, she she suffers with anemia, so she she has to have an iron injection every three months. Um, Two weeks before she told me what I'm about to tell you guys, I'd taken her to a fashion show with Marlene Class. She wore these five-inch stiletto heels. She gets up at five in the morning. She doesn't go to bed till ten. She does her work there, and I was like, oh, she's on it, yeah. Had this conversation with her. She's like, I don't think you realise how much the work we've done has changed my life. I was like, oh, yeah, you do look different, but what do you mean? Yeah. So basically, before we started working together, pardon me, um, she couldn't really walk from her living room to the kitchen because she was crippled in pain. This was the longest she'd gone without her iron injection and the doctor told her by Christmas she would be in a wheelchair diagnosed with ME. 
We'd got rid of so much trauma and the trauma... I'm not going to go into the trauma because obviously it's her story. Um, but the trauma stemmed from all this pressure that had been put onto her which she didn't want, but she accepted it anyway. She didn't feel uh, bitter about it, but she resented that she wasn't allowed to have a choice in what was put on mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it was... And then what's her, and then uh, one, of my, one of my clients, she had an eating addiction for 40 years after the second session completely changed. Um, it's honestly it's fascinating oh another one as well one of my clients she had insomnia and then we work back from the frustration that she has when she wakes up and she doesn't have insomnia that was after two sessions wow it's fascinating wow I mean we're, t- we're talking about all the, those things and what you're doing which is great but this all links within mental health as oh, well massively. doesn't it do you know what I think right so at the moment do you know with everything that's happened with mm-hmm. um, like Caroline Love Island and Caroline yeah. um, that's so sad mm. but I think it's the wrong message that we're sending people in the bloody press. They're saying, we need to talk to someone. Of course you do. But the issue is, when you're feeling bloody suicidal, you feel shame, you feel embarrassment, you physically can't talk to anyone. So what no. we should be doing, we should be showing people how to flip in tap, how to access this stuff to get them A, to a place to tap, and B, so they don't feel so shitty. Yeah. It really frustrates me. And I've tried to get this message out, but no one listens. No, and also one of my friends works for a big television channel. I was like, have they got anything in place for mental health? Oh, no. She got back to me and said, they're not, they don't really take it too serious. A week after, that's when Caroline died. Yeah. And it really, yeah, I think it's so sad. I am, um, I work somewhere where they just stuck posters up everywhere in the corridor it's of a the token. studios. Yeah, it's, it's and token. all it was was, look at us, we care. But actually, the actual shit. whole place was so toxic mm. and it was a horrible place to work. Yeah. Nice to think you two-faced. Yeah. You don't actually do anything. And I know somebody who was having a really rough time personally and went to get some advice from somebody in that building and was told <coughs> to just talk to HR about it. HR? Ridiculous. Or have some time off and then come back and then it's, then you get questioned and watched and it's, it's disgusting, isn't it? Let's go talk to someone. Well, do you think, (laughs) do you really honestly think that Caroline didn't think she would talk to someone or anyone else going through that? It's a, you're basic, isn't it? But it is really down to people like you, Jess. But people, yeah. all of us, really, amongst our sort of friendship groups, etc., yeah. just to make sure that things are in place and that we're educated to know what that's is being practically and genuinely going to help us. And I think that's you, know, you can't rely on anything else no. or anyone else. And also, if you think about, so if you think about how big the message is, just talk to someone. You could get the same message out, but different everywhere, which would actually flipping help. Mm. And that's, um, yeah, I just, and I think as well, a lot of people, um, they think help is seen like a psychotherapist, which it does help. But again, when I've worked with people who've been to actual therapists, they don't get to the root of the problem. And if someone suffers with post-traumatic stress disorder, which is generally where suicidal thoughts lead from or come from and they lead up to, you don't want to talk about it because you're re-traumatising the brain. So I'll give you an example. When I used to talk about what had happened to me when I was younger, I'd re-traumatise my brain. Then I'd get depressed for like three, four days and just feel numb. Whereas now, because I've removed the trauma out of every experience, I can talk about it. Mm. And it's I don't, yeah. like just normal. Mm-hmm. But again, they don't teach you this. No. Yeah, and it's it's a tricky thing because you know I think that they just throw, especially with social media again, people throw out all this concern and all these quotes and all this sympathy and empathy, you know. Well, and it's bullshit because yeah. you know. Well, we, we where have were to, you? Well, <laughs> well, that's what I thought when I saw a lot of it. I just thought well, it's all very well, and people are still doing it now, actually, yeah. which I find a bit 
distasteful. But where were you? you know, well, yeah, it kind of that. It, you know, the reaction to all these things, these tragic things that are happening, mm. is is wrong. And it's almost like, well, we tick a box. If everyone says this, does that, post that for like yeah. a couple of weeks, tick to box, done. Yeah, and it. you know, it that that is not no. being accountable or responsible. I and love you the, know, it's. Did you read yeah. the bit about the hairdressing salon? Yeah, yeah the, with the magazine. Yeah. That's yeah. progress. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that progress. Is, that's making a stand. That's a movement. Mm-hmm. And um and oh, hello a- Jenny. <laughs> there there she goes. Who's that after you? Well, I don't know. I should don't assume responsible, isn't it? Um, <laughs> sorry about that. I read that and thought, that's great. And yeah. that's that's taking action, not posting and yeah. and, and saying, you know, making out you were best friends or whatever it's actually doing something that can and I saw you post about a horrible um, uh, caption that was written about you uh, on a beach (laughs) and it was really powerful what was it can you tell us what this is the the crazy thing so the same magazine do you know you've got your magazine groups so one magazine is saying oh Jessica's bum's like a pancake it reminds of pancake day then the other magazine of the same group is calling me a yummy mummy now for me I found it quite amusing because I do have a flat bottom but then it started to make me feel quite angry because I thought hang on a minute the demographic of the, the the readers of this bloody magazine are young, impressionable women. Then they've got like uh, reality stars with these huge fake, fake fucking ass implants. Yeah. Whereas you've got someone who goes to the gym, has got a healthy diet, yeah. healthy lifestyle, and they're criticising a healthy, normal yeah. body. <laughs> Whereas somebody's had plastic stuck in their ass where they yeah. can't sit down for two, three weeks. And we still don't know what the repercussions of those will be. Right? Well, we do some in some places, yeah. So it's, you know, it's actually But it's disgusting, isn't it? They peddle all that yeah. and, and they depict women. And what I find really upsetting, my husband told me this, because uh, he used to have to deal with some of them, is that a lot of those journalists are female. Yeah. Now, I find that yeah. absolutely, that for, I could not, you could pay me millions of pounds and I wouldn't do that job. It, you're not a journalist. You're abusing people, people and making other people that read it feel like they're not good enough as well yeah it's a terrible cycle of trash Trash. i think we should go around in like black cat suits right (laughs) with balaclavas right (laughs) and we should go around all the receptions dentists doctors uh cosmetic surgery (laughs) place it all that and just whip up all those nasty magazines it could be the jkj operation get rid yeah put that other book down put the other book down yeah we were talking about the what the naked the naked mind the naked mind all those philosophical lovely positive self up as we have all got Uh, and we'll just you know we'll just change the world like that what do you think yes I'm in I'm in yeah and and anyone listening you could do everyone could do it you see that's a movement (laughs) that That is doing something yeah you know (laughs) I think I've hit on something here (laughs) People might get in a bit of trouble. Yeah, Callum's telling me to wrap up. Oh, I could okay. stay it forever. Oh, I, know, I know, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you see? Don't sound so surprised, so Jess. <laughs> like, I can't really enjoy it. I you've I been that. lovely. Yeah, you are. It's been Thank you, guys. smashing to chat to you. You two could have been better. <laughs> <laughs> We're used to that, aren't we, Jenny? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But you know what? What's amazing is uh, you're helping people and you're saying yeah. you're, what you're doing is, you know, your passion, mm-hmm. what you love, the money will come, but you're helping people and that's that's the yeah. thing I love that's it. the that's that's the essence of and it you've been Good so honest you. and yeah. put yourself out there Thank to do you. that i think people relate to people who they know have had Troubles Trauma. too. They know what they're talking about. Yeah. You know what you're talking about. And I've got a flat bum as well. <laughs> yeah. I have oh, yeah, and I wish I had. 
But there you go. Thank you oh, so thank much, you. Jess Cunningham. The Hot Mess Mums. Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. Thanks again to Swan for sponsoring this episode of the Hot Mess Mums Club. Don't forget you can win a Swan Dirt Master carpet washer this week by entering on our website. Plus, if you follow the Hot Mess Mums on Instagram, you'll gain an extra entry into the competition. Entries close at 23.59 on Thursday, the 27th of August, 2020. Any entries submitted after this time will not be entered into the draw. Head over to hotmessmumsclub.com forward slash win to enter. 